Fallout, a news podcast for geeks by geeks, where our hosts talk news headlines, comics, tech, and have in-depth discussions on all things geek. Keep calm and venture into the wasteland. Well, hello, fellow podcast listener, and welcome to Geek Follow Reloaded, the news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. I am your host this uh, evening. My name is Grandpa Chris Lockhart, and uh, kind of like Grandpa Smurf, but uh, I'm I'm not blue and I'm not little. Um, more of an ogre, I guess. Uh, but I am a grandpa, so I'm, I, I like to throw that out there that I'm a grandpa. Uh, joining me on tonight's <laughs> podcast is my co-host in crime, Papa. Kevin Decent. <laughs> now, do you live in a mushroom house, though? Uh, compared to some houses, I guess it would look like a mushroom, I guess. Um, like, I was looking, you know, like, we went to uh, the, the city today. Well, a city. Um, went out for lunch, took took the, the grandbaby and, and mom and dad and... and uh, uh, my wife and my my other daughter, we all went to Montana's for for lunch. Uh, is that a franchise in the states? Montana's? Do you guys have Montana's down there? No, not that I've heard of. Okay, it, it's it's like a, a rib place, rib and steak, uh, cookhouse. Okay. It, it's really good. I, I love it. Um, but anyway, like I was seeing, uh, like we drove past this new neighborhood that's being built. Uh, in, it's a suburb of Edmonton. It's called St. Albert. And some of those houses, like, I think the garage is, like, my house could fit in it, in the garage part of it. Um, it's just crazy, you know, how big these, these houses were. Um, but anyway, uh, speaking of the Smurfs, uh, uh, were you ever a fan of, of Grandpa Smurf, like, when, when they came around, like Grandpa and all those other ones? Um, I feel like Grandpa Smurf and those little, like, the little kid Smurfs was, um, later in the franchise. Yeah. Like, towards the tail end of it. So I was, and and that was, for me, um, you know, people were already saying, oh, you're too old for watching cartoons, why are you doing that? You know, I was already of age that everyone's trying to talk me out of watching stuff, even the good stuff. Yeah. So, watching Smurfs wasn't going to happen. But, you know, I snuck it in there sometimes just to see what was going on. Yep. So I'm familiar with it, but not as much as, you know, uh, a couple years previous. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny, like, um, I was on a podcast a few years ago uh, with uh, the Atomic Geeks. And they're, and those guys are a few years older than me. They're, you know, like, um, I want to say, like, at least five years older than me. And they hated, like, when we were talking about the Smurfs, they, like, they're like, yeah, Grandpa, like, that sucked, Gra- Grandpa Smurf and all them. And I was like, what? Grandpa Smurf was great. I love Grandpa Smurf. Um, and they also didn't like Scrappy-Doo. Um, well. And, and, and the thing with Scrappy is that was my introduction to Scooby-Doo. Like, I, I like, my Scooby experience started from those uh, TV movies that Hanna-Barbera was doing in the late 80s. Um, So it was like Shaggy, Scooby, and Scrappy. 
that was my mm-hmm. my Scooby Doo. So I was I didn't know anything about you know the rest of them or the you know like like that was kind of weird to me when Scrappy wasn't around. Uh, but they hated Scrappy, and I I liked Scrappy. Well, even uh, Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo is Scooby Shaggy, Scrappy, and um, Daphne, and that's it. Hmm. Fred and Velma are gone. For yeah. Unknown reasons. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it, uh, and I mean, like, I think it depends on which thing. I mean, there's probably been you know fifty different incarnations of Scooby Doo between mm-hmm. all the series and movies and stuff. Yeah. I think it just kind of depends on which one. And yep. some of them, Scrappy's annoying, but you know what? Some of them, everyone's annoying. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, those, those Hanna-Barbera TV movies, like, that was really my introduction to, like, a lot of the different Hanna-Barbera stuff. Like, I, I used to love them. CBC used to air them, I think it was Saturday mornings at, like, 9. Um, so, Yeah. You just tune in and watch whatever one they were playing. Like my fa- my personal favorite was uh, Flint Flintstone or Jetsons meet the Flintstones. Yeah, uh, but other than you know, other than that, like I just you know watched whatever they had. Like you know, it was tough now that... growing up sometimes being a Canadian kid because we didn't we didn't get all the content. Like you know, I had to get up at on Saturday morning at seven a.m. to watch He Man. And then, like, 7.30, that was it. Like, it was like, the, then they had this, like, farming show called the Prairie Farm Report. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd have to wait till, I think, 9 for the Smurfs to come on. Um, so you had a choice. And that, like, that was CTV. So you could either watch the Smurfs or you could watch a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. So I was kind of, you know, depended on the, car- the Hanna-Barbera movie, like, which one I would watch. Because we had um, we had the Saturday morning cartoons, which pretty much uh, all of the networks had something. Yep. And then when we first got cable, uh, Nickelodeon had cartoons, of course. But USA, the USA Network, had mm-hmm. the Cartoon Express. Oh, yeah. Yep. And they were the ones that had the first batch of, like, where I first saw a bunch of Hanna-Barbera ones, because they had already bought up all the rights, mm-hmm. or, you know, a bunch of them. So it might be, like, Bugs Bunny for a half hour, but then Yogi Bear for another half hour, and then Scooby-Doo, and then, like, the random Hanna-Barbera stuff. And I swear, I remember, because the show wasn't like this, but I swear that they had some sort of edit of uh, Laugh Olympics. Oh, okay. When I was... Um, but done like a movie length, like huh. instead of half hour episodes, I swear it lasted a good hour, hour and a half, and they just you know ran the episodes together, but without doing uh, separate opening videos each time. Okay. But God, I would—that's one of those ones I would love to find an old VHS of. You see all those people finding like, you know, oh, we recorded uh, Saturday morning cartoons when we were younger. We recorded uh, after school. Or, you know, whatever it might be, and here's all the old commercials, too. This uh, USA Network Cartoon Express, it had, like, uh, a tr- animated train that was going by. Yep. And all the yep. characters around the train, stuff like that. I would love to find, like, just a goofy thing like that of all of it. Yeah, I, um... So, 
you know, I guess we're going on a tangent here. Um, <laughs> my my cartoon experience, like I said, like you know, like with the Smurfs, Hanna Barbera, and the He Man, like that was like late eighties. Uh, going into the nineties um, or late night eighties, um, we had moved to the acreage where I spent a good chunk of my life, and uh, we could get a, a, what was called Channel Thirteen. It was ITV out of Edmonton, which is now Global Edmonton. And they used to have, like, like they would show Astro Boy, they would show, like, the 60s Spider-Man, um, you know, Care Bears, um, I can't remember what else there was. Hercules, the, like, the 60s Hercules. Um, and then eventually they got the Disney Afternoon. And then, uh, when I was in grade 8, we got Satellite TV like the old satellite system where we actually got like American programming. So yeah, I, I totally remember like the cartoon express and I remember even sci-fi channel, like they would have transformers and, yeah. um, I can't remember what else. Uh, and then of course like Fox, like I, you know, like that's when I got into watching the X-Men and, and you know, the Spider-Man cartoon, like the 90s Spider-Man and, and then eventually, when I moved out, got my own place, I got what we now call satellite TV. Like, it wasn't like the old satellite where it used to move to different satellites. It's just one satellite, so it's all Canadian channels. But I remember Space Channel, they used to air reruns of Captain Power, and not like on Sunday morning. So I used to watch that, and mind you, I was like 19 years old at the time. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. So, um, anywho, uh, now that we've had, you know, been talking about cartoons and everything, let's talk about people that have passed away. This is our in memoriam segment. Um, well, first of all, before I, I, I get into that, I just want to apologize for the sound quality. I know my microphone could possibly be picking up my fan right now, but it is so hot in Canada. It has been such a hot summer. I would literally melt if I shut that fan off, I have to, I have to keep it going. So I apologize if my microphone's picking that up. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy that the weather is good, but it's just too hot. It's too hot right now. Like up here, we're almost like 30 degrees Celsius, which is crazy hot for me. Um, like I'm, I'm good with like plus 20. I'm, that's my happy place. Um, so anyway, uh, we're going to get into the in memoriam segment. So uh, I have a couple here. Uh, first up, we have Anne Heche. We mentioned her last episode um, that she had been in a car crash. Well, unfortunately, she did pass away. Um, I know they were keeping on her on life support uh, because she was an organ donor. Um, and then once I guess they harvested the organs, they you know she she unfortunately passed away. Um, and she was 53 years old, so she wasn't that old. Um, and, uh, you know, organ donation, I can't say, you know, enough, like, uh, you know, it's very important. I'm an organ donor myself, uh, you know, I got my card filled out, and, uh, I don't, like, when, when I had an aunt that, uh, had a, a brain aneurysm, and uh, they and it was kind of a similar similar thing where they kept her on life support, um, 
you know, because they were, you know, she was an organ donor, or I don't know if she was an organ donor, but her family decided to donate her organs. And, uh, yeah, she ended up uh, helping out a lot of people. I can't remember how many people, you know, got organs from her, but it was a good thing. So, you know, kudos to Anne and her family for, for doing that. You know, making the best out of a bad situation, unfortunately. Well, and it, it was so grisly, too. Like, the stuff that we were hearing, because, yep. you know, she's pretty much brain dead, but they wanted to check the organs, but because of the nature of the accent, they weren't sure if they were going to be able to be used at all. Yep. And, oh God, it was just, like, worse and worse. The more yep. and more that you heard for it. Yep. And but, I, I, I can't remember if I mentioned it on here, but um, I was telling people on, at work, I was telling friends and all, because I'd watched the video of the accident, and I was just, like, kind of fascinated by it and a little yep. obsessed about it. And then I just felt bad after, because, you know, how, I, I don't know, it, it didn't seem real in a way when I was watching it, and then after everything happened, I just felt bad for watching it at all. Well... It's one of those things that I think, you know, it's like, you know, uh, like they say, why we watch train wrecks, you know, like literally when we, you know, we watch those videos where the train derailed and like people die, you know, possibly people died. And same with, uh, I, honestly, I don't think it's any different than um, like indie racing and all that kind of stuff. Like people say they watch yeah. it for the racing, but I think most people watch it for the crashes. They're waiting for something to happen. Um. So yeah, don't yeah, I, I don't feel bad about it. It's it's an unfortunate situation, but <coughs> sorry. Um, but like I said, you know, like at least you know, you, you know, good came from it. You That's know, true. Yeah. You know, some families will be will be helped, uh, and it is it is amazing what they can do with organ donation, um, because I know, like in the case of my aunt, she she was a very heavy smoker. She had been a heavy smoker her her whole life. And her lungs actually got donated and and were, you know, viable. And, um, oh. you know, I guess for someone that needs a lung transplant, even like a, you know, well-used set of lungs are, are, are better than nothing, right? Um, so, and, and, it's a, and it's such a comforting feeling, I think, for the family to know that, you know, their loved one is alive in a way and, and helping somebody. So... But I know it's I know it's a hard hard decision for for the family. Um, all right, so uh, I'm gonna butcher his name and I apologize, uh, but this uh, he's a Canadian actor named Lubum Lubomir Mick Yeah, I think it's McTikiak. I think it, it's it's um, uh, a Ukrainian name. Um, so for people. Uh, who are, uh, watched the TV Canadian TV series North of Sixty? He played Jerry. He was the the storekeeper. Uh, apparently, he died of cancer. I think he was eighty two, but I cannot confirm that age uh, because, like, I looked up his Wikipedia. I looked up uh, uh, IMDb. I looked, tried to find anything I could find about him and his age, but I couldn't confirm it. But I think someone had posted his age as 82 on one of the Facebook groups that I'm part of. Um, 
so anyway, for those who don't know, North of 60 was uh, a big Canadian production in, in the 1990s, filmed in Alberta, and, uh, like, I was a huge fan. And uh, for those who, you know, may not know this actor, he was also uh, in some films, including K-19, The Widowmaker, and uh, he was in uh, the Ben Affleck film, The Sum of All Fears. That's Ben Affleck's uh, Jack Ryan movie. Because, um, like I said, he he, uh, he is Ukrainian. Like, I think, I, I don't know if he was born in Canada and immigrated here. Um, but he could speak Russian. So, you know, I think that's why he was in these uh, movies. Because he played, a, you know, Russian characters that... And he had to speak Russian, so and, and he could. So, um, yeah, I was I was sad to hear the, of him passing. So, uh, Kevin, do you have anything? Any anyone for in memoriam? Um, no, and and that's always kind of, you know, thankfully. Yeah. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know that uh, definitely a good thing. Um, all right, well, let's move on to our news segment. Um, I don't have a whole lot this week. It's actually been kind of a light week in terms of news. Uh, the, uh, for, for me, um, uh, one of the big uh, news items is uh, in Canada on CTV, our, one of our national news anchors, uh, her name is Lisa Laflamme, uh, was let go by CTV. Um, so she's held the ro- role as uh, the national news anchor for 11 years now, I think. Um, and I don't know exactly what happened, but uh, yeah, she's off the off CTV now. Um, you know, they've announced her... Rep- I guess the, the day that they uh, let her go, they also announced her replacement like three hours later, like in a, in a memo uh, that went out to the employees of CTV. So there's a lot of people upset. Uh, because Lisa Laflamme's only 58 years old, and she herself uh, did a statement on Twitter, or I'm not exactly sure where. She recorded it from her home, saying that she was blindsided, and, and uh, you know, she doesn't know, you know, why she was let go, but, you know, I guess she'd been with the company, like, over 30 years at this point. Uh... So I don't know exactly what to think. I, I had heard uh, on uh, one a YouTube video that was uh, covering this that CTV has a new um, boss of the newsroom, and he started like in January. And from what I from what this guy was saying, like her, him and uh, Lisa Laflamme were like button heads. So I think when it came time for their contract renewal, like he didn't want to keep her around because you know she. Would, you know, she she wasn't in agreement with with what he was doing, and uh, he found someone that was, and uh, that that is uh, Omar Sachedina, which, um, like I, like I'm a pretty regular viewer of CTV National News. I like Omar. I think he's great, and I also like Lisa. I think she's great too. Um, uh, you know, but unfortunately, you know, something happened behind the scenes and. And uh, now she's she's not there anymore. But I'm sure she'll land on her feet. But uh, now, do you think they're going to replace her eventually with like a younger one? 
Well, uh, they replaced her with, like like I said, Omar Sachedina's taking over the national desk. Um, CTV National News, like, he'll be taking over, I think, in September. Um, and he is younger. Like, he's probably my age, I want to say. Like, probably early 40s. Um, maybe a little bit younger. Um, and he, I mean, he's good. Um... But Lisa, you know, she was good too. Like, uh, but you know, I, I I think it's just one of those workplace things where, you know, a new boss comes in and it's not working out. You know, like and and uh, and that's that. So now I I know because uh, we've seen it before in the states where you know someone leaves one news agency for whatever reason. A lot of yep. times, someone you know different in charge at the top or whatever. Um. Are there options? Could you see a rival channel picking her up and being very Uh, happy to pick her up? Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, I think CBC would be very smart to pick her up because um, the way it works in Canada, we got, like, three networks. We got CTV, we got CBC, we got Global. Global has their... And each one of them has their national news program. Like, uh, Global National is the Global's... Uh, program CTV National News is CTV's, and then CBC has the National, and the National used to be helmed by a guy named Peter Mansbridge. Like he was a very prominent Canadian broadcaster. Like since I was a kid, like you know he uh, retired. I think he was like sixty-five or sixty-seven, something like that. Uh, he didn't look it. Like I mean, the guy looked like he was in his forties. Like he he was an incredible you know, shape and everything. Like I was, I was really surprised when I found out how old he actually was. Um, but ever since he retired, CTV or sorry, CBC, uh, the national just hasn't, uh, been the same. Like it doesn't have that same prominence that it had with Peter Mansbridge. Um, like I can't even tell you who I know it's, there's two of them. There's two anchors that, have that helm the national but i can't even tell you who they are like they're so forgettable um so i think cbc if they were to grab lisa laflamme and get her on there like it would be a win definitely uh global national has um oh what's her name again uh uh i'm sorry i'm blanking on her name but she's pretty prominent too like she's not as popular as lisa laflamme but she is I would say after Lisa LaFlamme, she's the most popular. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know what her plans are. She She's not that old either, so I I can't see her going anywhere. So, yeah, CBC, I think, would be... It would be a win for them, for sure. Um, all right. Uh, and then I've seen on social media, there's... Uh, uh, local um, Edmonton area and Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. Uh, her name is Ashley Collingbull. Um, she has the, I think, the distinction of being one of the first uh, Aboriginal uh, swimsuit models uh, for Sports Illustrated. And she's actually from, like, because uh, my grandma is from uh, the Enoch Cree Band, which is a, a um, a native uh, band by Edmonton, and she, like my granny was considered an elder, 
and Ashley Collingbull is actually from there. So that's really cool because she's like from you know my grandma's hometown. And um, so anyway, like I said, she's been she's been uh, uh, modeling for Sports Illustrated. She's in the this year's swimsuit edition. Um, she's been working with the Edmonton Elks as sideline commentator. Um, but what, what what really got me excited was uh, she was in Santa Fe, New Mexico this last weekend, and she was at some sort of event, um, and she was she got to meet George R. R. Martin. So she so she was posting pictures with her and George R. R. Martin, and I was I was like like that was awesome, you know, <laughs> like I don't know I'm 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 a geek for George R. R. Martin, and uh, so I was pretty pretty happy to see Ashley. Um, you know, getting her picture with him. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Maybe she'll inspire him to write more. Yeah, hopefully. You know, <laughs> so I, I, I watched a, a YouTube video, and I'm going to talk about this, you know, uh, when we when we get into the Brain Candy segment. Um, the new series, uh, Fire and Blood, and uh, one of the, this YouTube uh, commentator that I was watching... Uh, he he threw it out there. He's like, "What would you rather have? Would you rather have the Winds of Winter, the book, or would you rather have this show?" Um, because you know, George, one of the things that's been sidelining his writing is is uh, working on this show. And after having watched the first episode, I gotta say, I'm okay with the Winds of Winter not being out there. As much as I would love to have that out there, uh, I'm glad we got this TV show. Because it is fantastic. So, anywho, uh, and then finally, uh, well, for me anyway, uh, it's not really uh, news, but it's a rumor. Uh, Netflix apparently is considering canceling the Sandman uh, TV series due to lower than expected viewing. So I guess. Uh, they, you know, like they were expecting more people to be watching the Sandman, uh, so they're, you know, they're considering uh, canceling it, which I hope they don't do because my message to Netflix is, it's summer, you know, people are going out, people are are not, you know, like summertime. It's not really, you know, for binge viewing. You know what I mean? Like House of the Dragon, it's okay that they, you know started uh in the summer because they only release one episode a week but you know netflix put out like 10 episodes of sandman like i want to watch it i've watched the first episode and i think it was fantastic but i just haven't had time to binge it like i've you know it's summertime like i'm busy doing things going places like this is the first summer where it doesn't feel like we're in a pandemic yeah you know, so I really think, you know, it's not that people don't like the Sandman or aren't willing to check it out. I think people are just busy. Like, they had, you know, there's a new season of uh, Only Murders in the Building, which I really enjoyed the first season, but I haven't watched that. That came out in June. And there's a new season of The Umbrella Academy. I think that came out in June or July. And I haven't seen that either. And I love The Umbrella Academy. But I just haven't had time, you know. Um, there's just so much going on and, you know, there's so much weekly viewing right now, <clears throat> you know, Better Call Saul just ended, um, 
uh, For All Mankind just ended, you know, and they did weekly releases. You know, like, I, I, I really hope Netflix doesn't pull the trigger on this cancellation because, um, you know, give it a few months. I think in the fall when things, you know, cool down and, you know, the kids get back into school, I think more people might tune into it. So. Well, and it's, it's their algorithm, too. It's got nothing to do with quality of a thing at all anymore. And it, it's not really... Because, you know, it's their wording for stuff. Like, it's not really canceled so much as it is, we're not going to do another season. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it was weird from the beginning that it's on Netflix, but not HBO Max, which is probably, like, you know, the deal was... Because these deals take years to mm-hmm. get going and everything, so the deal was probably in place before HBO Max was even a thing. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it, they, they re-released all the Sandman books, too, before this. Mm-hmm. Because they're expecting it to be a big hit. And it even, it drives me nuts. All the Sandman ones say they're from DC Black Label now. Yeah. Instead of Vertigo. Vertigo like, yeah. Oh, it's freaking Vertigo. Um, but, I mean, like, Preacher only got two seasons. Yeah. You know, uh, Why the Last Man only got one season. Yeah, that was important. I didn't even, I didn't even watch it. I was going to, but then when I heard it, like, it got canceled before I even had a chance to watch it. And I'm like, well, yeah. there's no point now. Yeah, but, like, episode one, it was already done. Yeah, same with uh, Cowboy Bebop. It got canceled right away, too. Yup, yup, and, and I want to do it. Um, I, I sat and did the whole, uh, an, the animated series, mm-hmm. um, I think, for the first time, like, all the way through had an absolute blast with it so i want to do the live action but there's a hundred other things i want to watch too yeah you know and 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 maybe that's the thing like i want to watch sandman but i only have so many hours in the day for stuff exactly yeah and 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 honestly you know for a lot of these uh a lot of the streaming services and all well we don't have the amount of people we want watching our stuff okay well you've got a lot of people that you know, uh, inflation, gas, you know, food, whatever, even, uh, if their jobs are different from, you know, pandemic a couple of years ago there, maybe people don't have the time to do it too. Yeah. You know, you're never going to have, yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause if you're comparing the numbers from like two and a half, three years ago when everyone was home for a little bit, mm-hmm. you're not going to get those same numbers. That's impossible. Yep. So, and, and they need, like, they need to give people time, but also we all just flat out need more time for stuff, too. Yeah. Well, uh, not just that, but, you know, like I said, they released it in the summer. And, like, back in the day, like, I mean, TV networks knew, you know, you didn't really release new stuff in the summer. Like, summer was for reruns. You know, like, mm-hmm. you get the odd miniseries or whatever that might premiere during the summer. But generally, you got reruns in the summertime because people are out doing things. You know, people people are camping. People are, you know, there's weddings. There's this. There's that. Um, you know, people just aren't sitting inside as much in the summertime. And I and I really think I mean, that's what it is. You know, like yeah, even if they're home, they might want to just be like sitting, you know, sitting on their porch or having a bonfire or you know yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. 
So, but Netflix has this thing about, you know, they're almost like Fox now, like where Fox would cancel everything, you know. Yeah. I just, and and I don't know if it's because they have to, you know, maybe it's on the bubble because they have to know by a certain date in order to, you know, keep everyone in contract, you know, before, you know. I imagine there's some sort of timing thing going on here, so I don't know if they're just throwing it out there to say, hey, you know, people start watching or we're going to, you know, this you might not have it. But I just, it's, it's unfortunate the way it's working out. Hopefully it doesn't get canceled because, like I said, I haven't watched the whole show, but the first episode was really good. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, all right, Kev, did you have any, any news this week? Mm-hmm. Well, all right, so speaking of streaming services and their numbers and stuff, I have not watched it yet, but Prey debuted on Hulu. Oh, yeah. Which yep. is the new Predator movie. Mm-hmm. And the word is that Prey is the biggest Hulu premiere ever. Nice. So now people are like, all right, now that you've opened this door, you could continue to do this. Mm-hmm. Like a, a Predator Samurai movie, a Predator Old West movie, you know, like uh, there, there's a lot you could do with this mm-hmm. and keep going. Now, you don't want to like water it down, but if they had another one in a year or two that took place within a different time frame, I'd be all for it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, or even, you know, there's a way you can work <clears throat> Alien into it, too, I'm sure. Um, and the the word is when so this movie's been in production for a while since before Disney bought Fox mm-hmm. the original deal for the movie was it was going to have a theatrical release and then it was going to be on HBO Max for one two years whatever and then Disney or you know Disney Fox whatever could have had it yeah but if they skip the theatrical release, then they could immediately have it on one of their Disney-owned streaming services. So that's why they skipped the theatrical. But really, like, okay, it's the number one thing on Hulu. It probably wouldn't have been the number one movie in the country. It probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have done as well, but because people could watch it at home, I know we're just saying that, you know, it's somewhere there's not as many people, but there's always your movie group yep. that, you know, want to see every new movie or, you know, hey, I don't have time for a whole series that just dropped on Netflix, but I got two hours to just watch one thing. Yep. I think it, I think it probably did better being on Hulu than it would have been theater. I think if it was in theater, it would have made, like, 40 million total or something, you know, mm-hmm. after a couple months. It wouldn't have been a huge release. And, and then maybe a good DVD release. But it's not like there would have been, like, toys or merchandise or, like, Prey t-shirts or stuff like that. Yeah. So, and I do want to see it. God knows when. But I do really want to watch it. Yeah. It's funny. Like, my wife's already seen it. I haven't seen it. But, oh, wow. Uh, but, yeah, it, it came out, I think, my last set I was working. And, yeah, my wife watched it and said it was great. And So she really wants to watch it with me. So, yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, setting a time to sit down and actually watch it yeah well and then they did the um you can change the audio so it's comanche audio on it oh really oh yeah 
Cool. Yeah, so you can have Comanche audio with English subtitles on it. That's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know which way I'll end up watching it. Yeah. It'll probably depend on my mood that day. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. That, the other thing is um, the HBO Max stuff, they keep cutting things as part of the Discovery merger. Yeah, yes. So they they there's supposed to be a Batman animated show that was going to be from the same group that did the most recent Batman movie with Robert Pattinson. Okay. Um, so there's supposed to be an animated show that's canceled. Um, you know the the Batgirl movie and stuff like that that we mentioned before. Yep. But then they announced like 30 shows that are leaving the channel. Huh. Um, like full like Cartoon Network shows had hundreds of episodes. They're just gone. So apparently, as part of the merger, they wanted to save something what three billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're just pulling stuff because you don't have to pay the royalty fees for it. Hmm. So okay. whatever the so some of these shows probably had different deals that, you know, for every X number of plays you pay, you know, X number of people that watch the show you pay these people this amount of money. Yeah. You know, they probably have like some sort of deals like that, but if they're not on the channel, you don't have to pay the money. Yep. So they've just been dumping all of this stuff, but then people are getting so pissed off about it, they're canceling their subscription, and their stock is tanking too so the stock has lost like millions of dollars and it's like okay your whole point was to save a few billion and now you got to make up this as well yeah because you're, you're pissing off your your clientele here um like for now uh my kid and i um we're watching the original Teen Titans show and then we'll go into Teen Titans Go mm-hmm. and do like the movies in between stuff. We've been doing the DC animated for a while. Um, at, speaking of shows to watch it, uh, Harley Quinn season three is up there at some point. I got to watch that. Not with him because that show is <laughs> like way too, yeah. yeah, way too much. But, um, you know, there are, there is still a lot of stuff on there. And I'm curious, like, all right, when it merges with Discovery next year, it could be worth it for all the Discovery Channel documentaries and shows and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I certainly understand, you know, I, I, other people that had it for other reasons, and now those reasons are gone from there. Mm -hmm. So why bother keeping channel? Um, Yeah. Like, I I pretty much only, uh, the Peacock app. I pretty much only have that so I can watch wrestling stuff on there. Mm-hmm. If that if that deal changed, I don't care what else is on that app, I would get rid of it. That's the main reason I have that app. So I'm sure there's people that have these apps for certain cartoons that, you know, and, and other series, if those are gone, why bother? Yep, exactly. Yeah, and it's, it's info millionaires and billionaires. I'm like, your common person, like you and I, we just want to watch a show. I don't yep. care about, you know, their taxes and saving money and all that crap. Yep. I could care less about that. I just want to watch a show. And the people that created those shows just want to know that it's out there, too. Yep. You know, there's the joy of, like, you know, we were talking when we opened this episode about, like, our favorite cart- 
you know, watching cartoons when we were younger and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I love that between, you know, YouTube and different streaming services and all, that I can still watch a lot of those cartoons. Yep. You know, that there's, there's a way to still enjoy them. So there are kids that have, you know, these Cartoon Network shows that they love or, or Nickelodeon or whatever that are going to get older into teens, adults, and go, God, I missed that show I watched when I was a kid. And never on DVD because, oh, everything's streaming. And guess what? It's not on streaming anymore either. Yep. Yep. That is frustrating. Um, speaking of which, um, I bought the first, well, the only seasons, the three seasons of Sequest <coughs> from, oh, uh, yeah, from a friend of mine, my buddy Tyler, um, cause he's, he's selling a bunch of stuff and he put it up there and I, I snagged him up right away because it's not available for streaming in Canada. Like I cannot find it. Um, like even to purchase it through like uh, iTunes, I, I they don't have it. So, um, and I you know I've been kind of nostalgic for for going back and watching Sequest. So as soon as I seen these DVDs, I snagged them up because they're not available on DVD anymore either. Um, and we don't have Peacock up here, so I imagine they would be on Peacock because they originally aired on NBC. Um, but. They're just not available up here. So, anyway. Um, did you have anything else, Kev, before we move on to Brain Candy? No, I think that was the biggest one for the past couple weeks. Excellent. Yeah, so let's move on to Brain Candy, because I have a whole bunch to talk about. <laughs> um, so, first up, I finally went and watched Top Gun Maverick. Okay. Um, in in theaters, um, I know you can rent it. I think now, and I don't know if it, I don't think it's on DVD yet. Um, but it was a couple weeks ago. And, and anyway, we're talking with my son, and he he was saying like, uh, you know, he hasn't he hasn't been to a movie theater I think basically since the pandemic started, and uh, he you know he used you know, saying he hadn't been to a movie, so I was like, okay, well, let's go see a movie. What, what do you want to go see? So we went over all of the movies playing at uh, the Landmark Cinema in St. Albert, and the one he wanted to see was Top Gun Maverick. Like, we watched all the trailers for all the movies playing, and he's like, yeah, you know, actually, a Top Gun, I, I'd like to see that. So I've never watched the original Top Gun. I, maybe when I was a kid I might have seen it. I can't remember. Uh, but it's not one of those movies that's like on my rotation. Like I've just, I, you know, I might've watched it when I was a kid with my parents, but I don't remember. Uh, but Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, that was great. It was, that was a great movie. It was real. It was really awesome. Um, you know, like love them or hate them, you know, uh, Tom Cruise is, is a phenomenal, uh, performer, you know, like, He's, you know, when he's flying those jets, like, um, I, like, I think most of it's real. Like, he's actually doing a lot of this shit. Um, you know, even, even the scenes where he's on a, on a motorbike and I'm thinking, to my, like, I'm, now I'm thinking like a, like a, like a grandpa and a father 
because he's because he's riding his motorbike without a helmet. I'm like, why are you riding a motorbike without a helmet? Um, but anyway, uh, it was a great movie. Uh, you know, like the acting was solid, story was great, um, everything was real. Like they actually filmed on a on a on a, a, a what you call it. Well, what do they call those ships? Uh, aircraft carrier. Aircraft carrier. Yes, thank you. Um, and yeah, it, it felt authentic, and and yeah, Jennifer Connelly was in it. She was amazing. Um, you know, to her and Tom Cruise, bo- you know, both uh, look great and you know, fantastic. And I, and I appreciate this show or this movie because uh, there's very little. I don't think there's any CGI. I think it's all practical, uh, and it looks great. Um, but yeah, I, I got to say, Top Gun Maverick. You know, um, you know, like it just seems like nowadays, like there's you know, so much woke politics in movies and stuff. This was there was nothing like that in this movie. It was it was a good old fashioned. Uh, fun movie, with you know, without hitting you over the head with politics. And like I said, kudos to Tom Cruise. Like that guy, that guy is uh, is a great uh, performer. And he he actually had a message. Like at the beginning of the movie, he does like a I don't know, like a minute long message, like thanking us for coming to the movie. Um, you know, coming back after the pandemic, and and um, you know, he talks about like how much time and effort they put into this film and and he appreciates you know that we took the time from our lives to come watch it and i don't know it just made, it made me feel good to, to to see like tom cruise you know do that statement before the movie like i i, I thought I, I thought that was a real class act on his part um well, it's it's the number one movie of the year by far yep and deservedly so. It's probably the best movie I've seen this year. Like, you know. Um, and yeah. Uh, you know, I'm glad. I, I, like, it's one of those movies, I like, I, if it comes onto the movie channel, I'll probably watch it again, but I don't know if I'll ever go out and buy it or, or anything like that, but it was just, it was a great movie experience. Um, and the theater that we were in uh, had such a good sound system like you at like when the jets were flying by you actually felt like the vibration in your seat like it was awesome it was so cool um and yeah like they did a like this movie was a lot of hard work like i know um there's one scene where it's like a beach scene where you know all the the fighter pilots are are you know because they're all you know like really trim cut people you know they're you know playing volleyball or whatever or football or i think it's football maybe and um you know they're all you know with in with their six packs and with their bikinis and all that kind of stuff and apparently when they filmed that scene like tom cruise like had them on this really strict diet so i guess when they were done like they like all of the cast that you know except for tom cruise they all went to like this bar and like drank beer and ate hot dogs and just kind of like like did this big binge and then they all got a message on their phone that they had to refilm the scene 
So, uh-huh. that, so then they had to go. So they literally went from like this bar or whatever, and went to the gym and had to work out for like eight hours to get to basically work off what they put into themselves. Because um, it's one of those like where you know, like everyone's all ripped and and uh, sweaty and you know like in their you know best shape and stuff and yeah. And Tom Cruise is very strict. Um, creator like he, he there's no fooling around with tom cruise around i think tom cruise would be like like your parent you know like when you try and lie to your parent when you know like if you've been drinking no you know like he would know <laughs> but uh yeah he's not mad he's disappointed yes exactly exactly well, also, if you're working on the movie and you see like the stuff he's done for Mission Impossible, mm-hmm. or or now with uh, all the money in the world that Top Gun's making, we can do argue with him about it. That's true. Um, yeah. But seeing this movie, like I ha- like honestly, I haven't watched a, um, a Mission Impossible movie, a Mission Impossible movie since the third one, the J.J. Abrams one. Um, mm-hmm. So there's like I think like three or four after that, and there's like a a, a new one coming out next year. Um, so like after watching this Top Gun movie, it's like I'm gonna go back and and watch those Mission Impossible movies. Um, not that I had anything against Mission Impossible, but um, it's just it's one of those movies that was like, eh, you know, if I see it, I see it; if I don't, I don't. But now. Knowing, you know, what Tom Cruise has been, you know, putting into these films uh, really makes me want to go and, and watch these. So I'm, I'm going to do that one of these days. Yeah, it's one of those, um, the more and more people rave about it, talk about it, talk about his stunts and all he's put into it. Because I'm pretty sure I watched the first one, maybe the first two. But just, you know, after that didn't really land for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, again, add it to the list. <laughs> yeah, well, I definitely watched the first three. Like I watched those when they came into theaters. Um, and then after that, I don't know. I just because at the same time, that's like when Bruce Willis was coming back and and doing all those Die Hard movies. And I watched the first one like af- after Die Hard three. Um, li- what was that one? Live Live Free or Die Harder or something? I can't remember. Live for, yeah, Live Free or Die Hard, I think. And I was like, eh, you know, like, they really shouldn't have made one after the third one. And then they just kept making them. That's just my opinion. Um, so I kind of had the same vibe with, with Mission Impossible. I was like, you know what? I don't know if you guys should keep doing these. But, you know, like I said, after having seen Top Gun 2, I was like, well, maybe I'll go watch those. Um, all right, so a couple of series, or, uh, a series finale, and then a season finale. So series finale of Better Call Saul. Um, have you, do you watch Better Call Saul at all, Kev, or? I, I've never seen Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. I, I kind of envy you, because, uh, if you do decide to delve into that universe, I think you will not be disappointed. Um... In Better Call Saul, uh, it was such a, it was a great series finale. Like, it was a fitting ending to the series and to the characters in it. Um, 
other than it was mostly in black and white, um, which was an artistic choice that they made. Because um, uh, the way the, the series goes is they're focusing on a character from Breaking Bad called Saul. He was the lawyer. And so the black and white scenes in this show uh, were an indication that it, it takes place after Breaking Bad, that this is him uh, living uh, in hiding. Um, so when the series caught up with that timeline, they just stayed with black and white. Um so I was like, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't mind watching black and white stuff, but I just kind of felt like when we caught up with the timeline, like, they should have just transitioned to color. But that being said, <clears throat> like I said, great series finale. It was fitting for the characters. Um, great closure, I think. And this is kind of, for now, this is the end of the Breaking Bad universe. Because there was Breaking Bad... Then they did the... Well, they did Better Call Saul, but they also did uh, a Netflix movie called El Camino, um, which takes place in the same Breaking Bad universe. So I guess this is it now, until they decide to do something else. But I don't know what else they could do, because all the main characters from Breaking Bad have had their stories dealt with. So... Yeah, we'll see. And then... Uh, the uh, season finale, third season finale of uh, For All Mankind. Uh, again, this is the show, one of my favorite shows that nobody is watching. Like, I know nobody that watches the show but me. It's so good. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're doing because they did a time jump at the end of this episode where uh, they go from, like, 1996 to 2003. So I'm very interested to see uh, what they do in the 21st century uh, for this series. Uh, and I also watched uh, the three-part documentary called Meltdown, Three Mile Island. Um, oh, that's... Right. Yeah, yeah, that's on Netflix. It was a good documentary. Like, I, I honestly didn't know that much about Three Mile Island and, and what had happened there with the nuclear plant. Um... Yeah, it's it's. I think it's worth watching. Yeah, it's three episodes. They're about forty-five minutes each. Um, yeah, it, it was good. Um, so, like I said, I watched the first episode of Sandman. It was great. Going to continue with that. Um, Kev, did you wa have you watched the first episode of She-Hulk? Yes, I have. And what did you think? I enjoyed the hell out of it. Me too. Me too. Um, and I was, I was a big fan of the John Byrne She-Hulk run. Yep. Which yep. there's definitely elements of, but uh, this makes me want to. I mean, I've been trying to track those down for years. They do not show up in the back issue bins that often. No. Um, and even the, I think Dan Slot did a run too. Yep, yep, Dan Slott. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I want to say 20 issues he did, and then Peter David took over for like 10 or 15 after that. Yeah, so I definitely want to find some more of it. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, I remember the John Byrne one and the fourth wall break and everything, and it was just so much fun. 
But this, that first episode, it's so short, like, it's relatively short overall, Mm -hmm. but they pack a lot into that one episode. Yep. It is a dense episode. Yep. Loads of fun. They they definitely fixed the CGI. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious where it goes next. And um, I've had like some uh, some female friends uh, who will say, "Well, do I want to watch She-Hulk?" And I, you know, I don't know. And it's it's the same people. They'll come up to me for anything, uh, you know, Marvel superhero, whatever. And they're just like, "Do I want to watch this?" So I'll try to give a backstory for it. You know, which Moon Knight? I'm like, well, Moon Knight's kind of this. So if you're into this kind of stuff, you'll like it. But if not, it's not gonna really do it for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll try to explain stuff to him. What if? I was like, what if's really good? But if you can't do cartoons, you can't do it. You know, stuff like that. So She-Hulk, I I told people, I'm like, as a woman, you should watch it because there's one line that you will be sold for the rest of the show. When when she explains controlling her emotions, oh yeah, holy, yeah, holy shit! Yep, I was like, any woman that watched this first episode is in for the whole season right now. Yep, if that was so good. Well, and and like I've heard like people you know saying it's cringy and that you know it's too woke and all this other stuff. And I'm like, that's the character, you know, like. She's, you know, like, she's the original, you know, comic book woman power character. And, yeah, like, her breaking the, you know, I heard some people, oh, you know, like, her talking to the camera and stuff. It's like, that's what She-Hulk does. She talks to the reader, or she's actually talking to John Byrne. Like, like, I love it. I I think it's fantastic. I I don't understand why people are, are hating on it. And I'm not saying a, you know a lot of people are hating on it, but I've I've seen some negativity and I I don't get it. Well, I mean, I, honestly, for people to to say that, um, Chris, you know, for, for for listeners, if you don't realize, like Chris and I are both men, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're both uh, you know a, a good size too. Mm-hmm. Um, neither of us have ever had to walk from a door to a car with our keys sticking out to be used as weapons in case someone attacks us in the dark as we're on the way to our car. Yeah. You know, neither of us have had a boss say that if we dress a little sexier, maybe we'd get somewhere in the company. Like, there's shit that happens every day to millions of women. Yep. That we will never have to experience. And... She-Hulk put that out there for a second. Mm-hmm. And was like, and what if, you know, so what if I had to deal with that all the time, had to, you know, learn how to adapt in the world to be successful, and then I get this incredible physical strength, too. What could I do with my life from there? I'm like, holy shit, that'd be amazing. Yep. Like, what a good run. Even, like, I thought the bathroom scene was hysterical. Where all the women come in and we're just like, oh yeah, yeah. Don't care who did this to you. We're gonna make it better. Yeah. What do you need? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think people that don't, uh, you know, we're, we're saying it's cringe or whatever. I don't think they read the comic books, like, because this is who She Hulk is, and, and it's so great. Uh, um, 
And for those who don't know, I'm the admin of a group on Facebook called The Incredible Fans of The Incredible Hulk. And I recently put in brackets and She-Hulk. Because um, I'm loving the show. And, and to be honest, like, I'm fingers crossed. I'm hoping this does well. I'm hoping, you know... With the you know with all the CGI and stuff involved, I'm hoping that eventually we might get who knows we might get a Hulk series out of this. You know, like I would love to see, um, you know, say I'd love to see a future imperfect movie, but I would you know like if it was a mini series that I would also buy into that because, like I said, you know, or like you were saying, Kev, uh, the CGI looks great. I think on this. And and it's 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 doable, you know. Like I I never thought it could work as well as it did, and it has. Um, you know, and I, like I said, as a Hulk fan, um, I'm loving the series. And and Tatiana Muslani, like she's so great. I love her. She's she's yeah. You know, I think she's perfect for the, for the role of Jennifer Walters. Well, one of the things that got added in the comics later, I want to see it was a slot run, but I could be wrong, is that She-Hulk's strength is proportional to Jennifer Walters. Mm-hmm. So, um, there was some battle coming up, some fight, like, you know, one of those contests of the champion things. Mm-hmm. And as She-Hulk, she's like, well, this, I can't get any stronger. I've been training all day. And whoever was with her is like, okay, but can Jennifer get stronger? Because if we make Jennifer stronger and all of a sudden she can, like, bench press 20 more pounds, that means She-Hulk could bench press, like, 2,000 more pounds. Because it's going to be mm. proportional from her. Yeah. And it was like, oh, my God, so Jennifer gets ripped, and then it made She-Hulk that much stronger, too. Yeah. But you couldn't get stronger as She-Hulk. I was like, that's freaking brilliant. Yeah. So, I, you know, like, I'm wondering if we could see stuff like that in the show. Um, it's also... I. I I I keep trying to figure out because this is something new for Marvel, so I keep trying to figure out the puzzle pieces for where we're going next. Mm-hmm. And that Disney Expo is coming up in like two or three weeks, so the big rumors are uh, cast of Fantastic Four is still a rumor, mm-hmm. um, and a couple more movies or TV shows announced for those holes in the Phase Six where we know there's more stuff, but we don't know what it is yet. Yeah. So my uh, current... I gotta I got get it. There was a Kang Dynasty story that's collected as a graphic novel, and I've never read it, so I gotta get it. Yep. Yeah. Just understand. But my current guess is whoever our Avengers team is, whoever our heavy hitters are, will go put Kang in space. He'll probably be like you know, people that we just had as Avengers, Doctor Strange, you know, Captain Marvel, Thor, Hulk, like mm-hmm. whoever's around is going to go to space. But apparently in Kang Dynasty, there were two fights. There was Kang and his minions, but then Kang cut a deal on Earth and was like, hey, I get the rest of space, you get Earth if you help me with this fight. And he had the Deviants and I think some Atlanteans fighting on Earth. Oh, Okay. So my current guess, if that's where we're going, my current guess would be that's how we get our young Avengers finally teaming up. They're like, hey, no one's here. Like, the Avengers aren't on Earth, and someone has to fight these people. So I guess it's up to me. They all end up teaming up. Mm -hmm. The Thunderbolts, either that's their turning good, 
or at least, hey, we're here. This would be good publicity for us to look like we're heroes. Yep. And Thunderbolts start fighting. The only one I can't figure out yet is our street level ones, which are coming along. So, uh, what I'm calling like the Midnight Suns group there. Yeah. Uh, so like Moon Knight, we know we're getting Blade. We already got Black Knight. Um, Daredevil. Like, where are they going to fit in? And that's when I can't figure out. Unless we have like one of the groups that, you know, if I'm right here and we got like different groups, uh, attacking Earth all at once, unless one of them's some supernatural group too that Kang figures out. Mm hmm. But that's that's my guess. We got two fights going on at the same time, one on Earth, one in space, and that's where we get all of our team ups here. And then Secret Wars is gonna be nuts. Yeah. But every every time I'm trying and, and it looks like we're gonna see some uh C and D list people in She Hulk, so I'm curious if they're just one offs for She Hulk or if they'll stick around. Yep. Excellent. Um all right, well, uh, last on my list for Brain Candy this week is I watched the first episode of House of the Dragon. Like I like I said earlier, it's fantastic. Like, this is this is great. I'm, I'm so happy that the show is out there. Um, uh, uh, Kev, uh, what are your thoughts on Game of Thrones? Did you, did you watch it at all? I can't remember. I watched quite a few seasons. Oh, okay. But, but not all the way through. But I remember... I can't remember if I was watching it live or if I was in the room or whatever. But I, I remember just the entire world being mad at the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, it, and it just ruining so much for people. And I, I just was like, all right, well, I'm not going to finish it now. Like, knowing, knowing that the ending is bad, why am I going to go there? You know... I can go to this restaurant and have a good appetizer and a pretty good meal, but the dessert's going to make me sick. All right, then why bother going? Yeah. Well, the the thing that um, the last couple seasons of Game of Thrones, so like season seven and eight, I guess. Um, well, it's technically season seven, but they split it in two. They did that. I don't know what they do with the scraps or whatever. Um <clears throat> The thing is, there was tidbits of awesomeness in there. Like, the potential was there, but they just didn't get there. You know what I mean? Like, it like it was, you know, like, well, this was awesome, and this was awesome, and this could have been incredible if they just, you know, expanded it, or, you know. So, all like, that's what made it hard. It wasn't just that it was bad. It was, like, the potential was there, and you could see it. Like, it was like, oh, you guys were so close. Um, but uh, House of the Dragon, yeah, like, it, it, it's, it's, it was great. Uh, um, you know, the sets look amazing. Uh, the actors were all great. Matt Smith, uh, I love Matt Smith. You know, he's my favorite doctor from Doctor Who. And uh, he was also Prince Philip in the first two seasons of The Crown. I honestly had no issue. Like, people are talking about, like, the wigs. Like, you know, because the Targaryens have, like, the white hair. Uh, people are having issues with the wigs. I didn't have an issue with it. Like, I didn't, like, it, I didn't find it weird at all. Like, honestly, um, 
I thought I, I, I thought I would find it jarring seeing Matt Smith wearing the wig, playing Damon Targaryen. But honestly, I didn't like it. It didn't bother me at all. Um, I, you know, I think I think he did an excellent job as that character. Um, and one, one, like one, as a fan of the books and this, you know, Game of Thrones and and all that. Towards the end of the episode, I'm not going to ruin it. I'm not going to throw it out there. But uh, there's a revelation at the end of this first episode that for me as a fan of the books and in this universe that George R. R. Martin's created my jaw kind of dropped I was like holy shit you know I learned something that I didn't know um, because this is not, not something that was mentioned in the books and it's not something that George R. R. Martin has thrown out there like in, in interviews and stuff so this was new information that ties into Game of Thrones in a very neat way that like I was just I was just like I said my job was was uh, open like it was like holy shit that is cool um, but yeah in, in, in a weird way this revelation kind of makes Game of Thrones final season a little bit better in a way so anyway uh, I'm going to be, of course, sticking with it. Like, I, like honestly, this is, like, you know, every year on the Pop Culture Pub, we do, uh, you know, the best of that year, right? And this is honestly a contender for the best new series of uh, 2022, in my opinion. Like, the, like, this was awesome. This is what I've been waiting for. Uh, good fantasy, it, you know, looks great. You know, the characters are great. It's well written, um, you know. Like the, you know, I was hoping I'd get that with the Wheel of Time. I didn't. Um, I'm not really hopeful for the Lord of the Rings show, you know. But this this show, um, you know, like it. Still waiting for the Winds of Winter, but if this is the trade off, I'm I'm. It's a good trade off. I'm happy with it. It this this was so good. There's so much potential here. Uh, everything I'm hearing, like the showrunners are, are fans. George R. R. Martin is deeply involved in the series. And, and yeah, you can, even though this is a prequel and things are kind of laid out already, there's still new things you can learn. Like I said, this episode, bombshell towards the end of the episode, and it was awesome. And I had no idea that that was what I was going to find out. So anyway, yeah, two two thumbs up for me. So Kev, um, I've rambled on long enough. What what do you have this week <laughs> for brain candy? All right, so I've been I I'm pushing myself through it, and I'm not happy with it. Okay, but I'm so far. I'm gonna just try to finish all of Big Bang Theory. Oh, okay, yeah. And I, and I think I'm on a season season eight or nine, mm-hmm. and I forget. I want to say they had twelve, but I can't remember. And I'm just like struggling to push through it, mm-hmm. but I feel like I've watched that much of it. I just want to do it all. Yeah. And 
you know, I mean, it's American season, so there's like 22, 24 episodes per season. Mm -hmm. There doesn't have to be. There's not that much that happens. Yeah. You could really... But, I mean, that's not the point. It's to tell stupid, mindless jokes and have people watch it in syndication forever. You know? Mm -hmm. They can watch any episode along the way and it doesn't really matter. Yep. But I I just want to push through it, and it's... The more and more I watch, especially if I marathon a few one night while I'm, you know, doing other things, I'm like, this is mocking geeks. It's not embracing it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, like, what's it? My, my dad was, uh, getting me going one day saying that I need to like change my wardrobe. Yeah. And, and he was saying, well, who, who's going to want to spend time with someone wearing like a comic book shirt? I was like the people I would want to hang out with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I was like, you know, you wear a baseball, you know, Yankee shirt or football or basketball, whatever, you're going to meet similar fans. Yep. I was like, I I would want to hang out with similar fans and similar mindset. So that's why, you know, would wear it and enjoy it and all. And he's like, well, the actor that played uh, Sheldon Big Bang Theory said that, you know, he was feeling kind of awkward being in his, you know, 30s or whatever he is and wearing comic book shirts. I was like, he's also an actor playing a role and that's not him. Yeah. You know, like, it's it's fine. But it, it it should have been a show that, like, really showed off geek culture in a good way. And instead, I think it's insulting for it the more I go through. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. Also, yeah, and also, like, these were half-hour episodes, you know, with commercials. It's usually minus commercials, like, let's say 26, 25 minutes, you know? Yep. Um, The most recent one I watched, it was a 19-minute show. And that was still with credits. So really, eighteen minutes. Huh. I was like, boy, you were just like doing as little as possible to just push through and get the season through. Yep. But I, I still, you know, it's a, it's a mindless half hour or eighteen minute show <clears throat> that I can throw on while doing something else. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with it, but begrudgingly. Um. And then, so all right, I did a movie, and. Let me tell you this gimmick here. So one of my friends called me up and said, I have a movie ticket. Do you want to go? I was like, what do you mean you have a movie ticket? So one of the movie chains in the States has an unlimited pass. Okay, yeah. $21 a month. You can see as many movies as you want during the month. Hmm. And there's, unless it's like a special event, like a... um, Like a premiere? thing. No, not even that, but, like, uh, we're re-releasing Jaws in the theater for one day, you know, like a special event like that. Um, Maybe not the first day. No, because this was a brand new movie. Yeah, maybe, like, something like the new Marvel, you gotta wait, I'm not sure. But, alright, if you wait a week or two, big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's 21 bucks, you can go as many times as you want. And then he goes so often that you end up getting, like, all these other deals, too. Like, all right, today, uh, you know, you've earned a free ticket, you've earned a free popcorn, you've earned a free soda, you know, whatever it might be. Okay. So he's bored, and, and I, you know, neither of us were working that day, and he offered. So between two tickets to a movie, giant thing of popcorn and two sodas, um, granted he's paid the 21 a month for the service, but his upfront for all that was eight dollars. Whoa, nice. Yeah, 
unfortunately, I, I had to drive next city over to meet up with him because my city does not have a theater that has this program. Oh, okay. And I was like, I, I was like, I would have totally done this program if anyone around me has it. Yeah. But we went and saw Orphan First Kill. So the original Orphan was a horror movie that came out and I, we looked it up, I think like 2009. Okay. And out of nowhere, they decided they were going to do a sequel to it. Yeah. And so it debuted in theaters and on Paramount the same day. And, um, we knew nothing about it really, just knew it's a creepy horror movie. Yeah. Um, I saw that Julia Stiles was in it and I loved Julia Stiles when Mm -hmm. I was younger. Yeah. You know, so I was like, all right, she's older, I'm older too. Creepy horror movie, whatever. We're watching the movie and I, I, there's, the original Orphan movie has a twist that this one, because it's a sequel, prequel, whatever, gives away in the first five minutes because it assumes you've already seen it. Oh, okay. So I don't want to spoil it or anything because I think it'd be worth it to be surprised. But the original one has a twist, and then this one, I think, is a prequel to it. And they say, oh, here's the, the Orphan, you know, here's her deal. And we're watching the movie and stuff happens and people die and, you know, it's a horror movie and all. And we're just like, meh, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, it's just average, you know, completely forgettable movie, but, a, a, you know, a nice day out to just see an average movie. Yep. And then a twist happens and we're like hitting each other in the seats just like did not see it coming absolutely blew our minds and then okay where's the movie going from here and completely changed how do I word this completely changed who we were rooting for in the movie Hmm. and I was just like this is supposed to be just a shitty cheap dumb horror movie Mm mm-hmm and I'm going nuts now for this little twist, which, you know, looking back, like, maybe it wasn't that clever, but I never saw it coming. Not, like, I was just watching the movie, never saw it coming yeah. at all, and going nuts. And this this movie looks like it costs, like, $10 million to make, if that. Yeah. You know, dirt cheap. The, you know, there, there's stuff that's CGI that didn't have to be CGI just to save money. You know, that they could have done, like, a special effect for or something. Yeah. But, considering it's on Paramount, too, so maybe it's on, you know, one of the, like, Canadian streaming as well as just part of the overall package. Hour and a half, maybe. Well, we do get Paramount up here. Oh, okay. Yeah, we just don't get Peacock. But we get, yeah, we get Paramount Plus up here. Uh, But I don't subscribe to it, unfortunately. Oh, but yeah, like, for an hour and a half dumb thing like that so much fun and and, and it makes me want to get this stupid freaking movie pass too because just to see you know stuff like this that I wouldn't go to see otherwise yeah and get you know giant soda and popcorn for dirt cheap and be in an air conditioned room for hour and a half two hours yep yeah I seen um Someone on YouTube was talking about like that movie pass or whatever in the states, and I was thinking that's that'd be a great program. 
Like up here, like at the landmark cinema that I go to, like there's one in uh, Spruce Grove and one in St. Albert, which Spruce Grove is like 50 minutes from me, St. Albert's like an hour, so I'm, I'm okay doing the drive. So I pay the like $10 a month and I get, or ten fifty, I mean, and I get uh, like one free movie and then I get, I forget, like 20% off or something at the, and I get deals at the concession as well. Um, and then like, yeah, so like I, I, I do enough trips into the, you know, to go see the Marvel movies and, and, you know, if there's a, a good movie I want to go see, like I'll, I'll make that special trip. Um, so it's, it's definitely worth it. Um, but, uh, yeah, the whole, you know, going, you know, see as many movies as you want, like that would be phenomenal. I would love that. Yeah, like if it was, because, I mean, there's a theater a mile away from me, if that. Yeah. If they participated for it, and I could just, you know, oh, it's a weekend, let me, and uh, I have nothing else going on, let me go to movies, or it's a Thursday night, and there's nothing, you know, nothing on TV really, you know, bored, why not head over there and do it? Yeah. I mean, granted, I have hundreds of DVDs, I got tons of TV channels, I got streaming services, but... Going to the theater is just fun, though, you know? Yep. Um, and I, I have another movie that I didn't... I did at home. But I did it weird. So, I ended up getting a phone call, and I knew I was going to be on the phone for a while. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted... I, the TV was on, and whatever I had been watching ended, and, and instead of just turning off the TV, I thought, well, let me put something on. Yep that I don't have to pay attention to, but just the TV's still on. So I went to some movie channel, you know, probably like there was a Avengers movie or something like that just ending. And right after uh, Monster Hunter started, which is the new Mila Jolovich movie that was probably written and directed by her husband. Oh, okay, like, yeah. All right. Um, so it's terrible. It's absolutely horrible. Yeah. But I had the TV muted, just had the TV on while on the phone. Yeah. And I understood everything happening, every plot twist, every twist and turn without a bit of dialogue or sound. Yeah. Which I guess says something about the movie. Yeah. You know, something good in a way. Because that was how um, there's interviews that the Looney Tunes cartoons, that was what they were trying to do. Uh, is that even if you didn't speak the language, even if the audio messed up in the theater, you could still understand everything going on by the action. Mm-hmm. So I'll give them credit for that. It worked. But I mean, it's super cheap. It just, it looks like Resident Evil in the desert. You know, it's exactly what you would expect. Yeah. You know, and, and, and this kind of character debuts exactly when you think they would. And then this character debuts exactly when you think they would. would. You know, it's a terrible movie, but dumb fun. I'll never sit through it again. Yeah. I, I Even muted it, got the whole plot. Yeah. And uh, finally, my kid uh, discovered the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World movies a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, especially Jurassic World, you know, it's Chris Pratt, there's Star-Lord, yep. there's Blue the Raptor, so that was interesting. And then as they start working in the Jurassic Park characters, I'm like, well, this is pretty cool that, you know, we got our shared universe and all. Yep. 
And I love the ending for the second one, implying that the dinosaurs are going to be in the rest of the world, not mm-hmm. on an island, not in a park. They're invading the rest of the world. And there was a mini-movie uh, that they released on YouTube. Um, like, I don't know, it's called, like, uh, Occurrence at National Park. I don't know, something like that. But it was just, like, a ten-minute movie. You know, all the effects in the world, like, looked amazing for um, some dinosaurs that tear through, like, uh, an RV campsite. Mm-hmm. And everyone's just trying to survive as these dinosaurs are fighting through, not caring about them and the RVs. And it's so intense and so scary and so well done. And, like, you know, ten minutes and felt like a whole two-hour movie. Amazing. So then I see Jurassic World Dominion. Chris, mm-hmm. did, you end up seeing, did you end up seeing that? No, I haven't. No. Freaking awful. Is it, That's what I heard. My, my wife... Oh. My wife and actually, I think my son actually went with her. Um, that might have been, yeah, the last movie that he's seen uh, before Top Gun. They liked it, but I was like, I don't know. I heard, you know, my my uh, go-to YouTube critics are panning it, so. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's, it's Jurassic World. Chances are you'll, you know, when it comes on, a streaming or, oh, or yeah. TV or something, you'll probably have seen it. Yeah. So I, I don't want to ruin it or anything. But I couldn't have been more disappointed. Yeah, I was that's just too like, bad. Yeah, this is what we're doing with it. This is where we're going. Now, uh, there's one thing, because I ended up watching some YouTube stuff later as well. There's one thing that I didn't catch on to when I first watched it mm-hmm. that they mentioned, and they're like, oh, this ties into this from the previous movie. So I was like, okay, I missed that. That's kind of cool. But not enough to change my thoughts for the movie. More like, oh, that was an interesting Easter egg I missed. Yeah. You know, but overall, I the whole movie, I'm just like, I have so many issues. Yeah. And at this point, I have so many issues that it's not worth fighting any of them. Yeah. It's You know, there are times you have an issue with the movie, and you know, oh, if they just could fix this one thing, it'd be a really good movie. No, there's nothing to fix. It's, the whole movie was just... So is it like, is it like uh, Rise of Skywalker? Is it kind of like that for Jurassic Park, though? In what way? Like in that it should have been like an awesome end capping to the franchise, but then it was just like, really, this is what you did? Like this? Yeah. Okay. That's, yep. that's what I figured. Yep. If, if this, yeah, if this is the last one, then it should have been. Over the top, everything happens, amazing stuff, very cool. Yeah. And, I mean, there's there's moments. There's, you know, there's big dinosaurs. Like, there's always going to be moments. But the main, you know, 90% of the story there is just a letdown. And then we get, you know, 10 minutes of some cool dinosaur stuff. Yeah. But it's not enough. Honestly, if anything, the, the 10 minute movie there that I mentioned I would rather flip it I would rather have that 10 minute movie be the entire story for the hour and a half two hours and the story of the movie be like a little 10 minute thing that also takes place in the Jurassic Park world mm-hmm. like oh here's here's an extra little you know uh, deleted scene mini movie of a thing for fun 
and we'll see in a year when the movie comes out, and then the actual movie will be something interesting and exciting. Yeah. So, yeah, well, super disappointed. And it's funny, like, <clears throat> I mentioned Rise of Skywalker. I was actually thinking about this today, because I was thinking about Matt Smith, and he was supposed to be in that movie. Like, I totally remember him being cast in Rise of Skywalker. He was going to play some sort of villain. Like, the rumor... The rumor was he's going to play like a younger version of the Emperor or whatever, and then he wasn't in it. Like they like they literally cut him out completely from. Because I remember going in to watch that movie, and waiting for Matt Smith to show up, and then he never shows up. Oh, so like he filmed it, but then the whole yeah. character was cut. Yeah, and I still don't even know what he was supposed to be. Like, you know, what you know was he like a younger version of the Emperor? Was he a clone? Like, because that was kind of like the theory that he was gonna be like a like a younger version of Palpatine. But then I don't know if they just decided to just stick with the old version and and like I don't know what happened. Like, it's it so disappointing because Matt Smith would have been awesome as a as a Sith Lord. Yeah, hang on, I forgot about it. Um, he was up for a role. And I, I, if I remember correctly, they actually did film stuff with him. I think he might have... I don't know if he was credited, but, like, yeah, it was so disappointing. Because, you know, you know, like, speaking of, like, House of the Dragon and stuff, like like I said, like, he just... He's amazing as, as uh, Daemon Targaryen, so, like, I, I had no problem differentiating between him and, and, and the Doctor, right? Like on Doctor Who. Yeah. But I kind of, I like, I knew he would be good, because, like, like I said, like, with him playing Prince Philip and the crown, like, I had no problem differentiating him there either. Um, like, initially, like, when Benedict Cumberbatch started, like, the first Doctor Strange movie, I had a hard time separating Sherlock from him. Like it real, it was kind of jarring for me. But now I, you know, like now I um, think he's an excellent Doctor Strange. Like I have no problems with him now. Like um, Ragnarok, I felt a little bit more comfortable with him as Doctor Strange. And then Infinity War, I was sold. Like like he was he was Doctor Strange was amazing in Infinity War. Um, so I I thought maybe I'd feel that way about Matt Smith and House of the Dragon, but no. He did good. And like I said, like he would have been amazing in, in Star Wars, but I don't know what happened. I, I Yeah, anyway. <laughs> did you have anything else, Kev, for, for Brain Candy? Nope, nope. Other, other than my usual weekly wrestling stuff, that was all I got to since last time. Excellent. Um, I just wanted to throw out there real quick. Uh, do you guys do you guys have Value Village in the states? I don't have any near me. I have heard of this. Yeah, it's like it's like it's a thrift store. Yeah, I don't know if I've heard of it because of no, there are some in the U.S. I have probably, however, none are near me, so I've probably heard of it because there's a bunch in Ontario. So growing oh. up to, to Canada, I probably saw commercials for it. Yeah, yeah, for like the a Canadian one. Yeah, it's definitely uh, you know a big Canadian um, 
staple here. Um, so anyway, we, we went there today because uh, my daughter loves going to Valley Village. Um, so anyway, I always, I always go check the book section, right? And I came across the novelization, the original novelization of the Battlestar Galactica TV movie. Oh. And, like, this thing is, like, it's not in mint condition, but it's pretty damn close. Um, like, the pages are, you know, of course, yellowed. Um, they're, but, no, you know, nobody wrote in it or anything. I paid two fifty, and this is, like, the original novelization from, by uh, Glenn A. Larson and Robert Thurston. Um, so the tagline is, first there was Star Trek. Then there was Star Wars. Now there is Battlestar Galactica. The new Space War Spectacular from Universal Pictures. And yeah, this thing was published in 1978. And I just, I couldn't believe in, like, what good condition this thing was. So I, I picked it up. I only paid two fifty for it. Nice. So, yeah. I just, I just wanted to throw that out there because, uh... Yeah, I was super excited about that. Uh, um, and then I got a copy of uh, one of the original uh, hard uh, copies of Needful Things by Stephen King. Uh, again, it, like in mint condition. So I was like, I've never read Needful Things. It's one of those that's on my list to do. Um, so I picked that up too, as well. But anyway... Um, I think we can call this an episode, but before we go, let's play that little game of where we can find you on the internet. So, Kevin, where can we find you, sir? Alright, you can find me across the internet. Most social medias are at MassLibrary. MassLibrary.com is my home blog, and when I can, I also do stuff over at the Retro Network, including uh, some podcasts, some YouTube videos, and some articles. Excellent. Um... Like I said, I'm I'm the admin of the the Incredible Fans of the Incredible Hulk and She-Hulk on Facebook. I'm also admin of several groups, including the Pop Culture Pub Podcast Network group on Facebook. Be sure to check that out. Uh, our next episode, the episode that'll be coming on this feed after this episode, will be the Pop Culture Pub, and we are going to be talking about Disney. Um, I'm calling the episode "The Wonderful World of Disney," so uh, we're going to be talking you know the disney channel we're going to be talking about disney characters um you know disney plus you know and uh yeah just uh a lot of recollections about uh what disney has uh done for us in our lives so be sure to check that out um all right well on behalf of myself chris lockhart and my co-host kevin decent i want to thank you dear listener for taking the time to listen to geek follow reloaded and we will see you again in the not too distant future Music.